Kiara and welcome to the special episode of NZSA Live. The following content was recorded at our National Writers Forum in September 2018. We're releasing it during our 18 days of forum content to help New Zealand writers and authors through the national COVID-19 lockdown. Today's podcast features audio from Ranavan Lingham's masterclass, Creating 3D Characters. Ranavan is a novelist based in Wellington. He has published five novels through Lawrence and Gibson. In 2018, he was shortlisted for the Acon Foundation Prize in the Ockham Book Awards. This podcast includes a writing exercise, which was done by participants on the day. Feel free to pause the podcast at the time that it occurs or write it down and complete it at the end. However, there won't be a pause in the podcast for you to complete the exercise at that time. Kira Kato. Um, my name is Brandon Yana Lincoln. Thank you all very much uh, for, for coming along to this workshop. Um, we will be working in pairs and in groups, so uh, hopefully you can kind of uh, find someone to, to work with or in your vicinity. Um, uh, but if not, feel free to, to shift around. Um, I think this workshop is in part a response to the, the whole Lionel Schreiber uh, furore, which, which happened last year, about uh, where she essentially said that she can... Being a writer is like walking into a, a hat shop and putting on a, a different hat, and you can just blithely go about and, and write characters that way. Um, and my strong opinion is that's obviously not the case. Um, there is a lot of care and a lot of attention that needs to be done for it, but also that you most definitely should be um, uh, writing about other people. You're not obviously going to be writing about yourself the whole time. Um, and uh, I was trying to think of strategies in which that, uh, that people can use to, to, um, to come up with that. Um, so we will be talking about issues that will be kind of political and maybe sensitive or uh, uh, difficult. So by all means, feel free not to participate, feel free to make up people, feel free to just do whatever you need to, um, uh, to go through these scenarios in the, the workshops, um, in this workshop. Um, so a bit about my background, um, I published five novels and uh, apart from my first book in which the character was quite clearly me, um, the uh, next four books weren't. Um, so I, my first book was written about someone uh, who was in his mid-twenties travelling through North and West Africa. Um, my second book was written about a uh, 30-something year old woman who moves to Paris. Um, my next book was about a disabled man living in uh, a fictional town in South Canterbury. Um, my next book was about uh, a, a woman who worked as a bureaucrat in Wellington. Um, and my next book was a cleaner uh, refugee uh, and a woman. Uh, and I'm obviously none of those. Um, but uh, I don't know if I did it right. I, uh, uh, you can never really tell. Um, you kind of wait for the criticism or wait for someone to say you've done it completely wrong. But uh, So I can never be sure that I have done it right. But I do a lot of prep in order to hopefully, uh, hopefully to get it right. So what I thought I'd start with is just a few scenarios um, that I'll get you to work in with, your, uh, with the person next to you or the people next to you. Um, and essentially what I want to know is what you will do in the situation and why. And what we're trying to do is build up a, a kind of series of traits. So this could be you, this could be a friend, uh, this could be um, a fictional character, anyone you want really. So the first situation is, so, immediately, so imagine immediately after this session, you realise that you've lost your phone and your wallet, um, and you need to get home 
Their home is about 20 kilometers away. Uh, what would you do? Uh, has anyone come up with a strategy as to what they, what they would do in that situation? <laughs> <laughs> yep. So how many would walk? Yeah. <laughs> but not first not first choice. Um so the next scenario is it's one AM. What would you do? Alright. So um would would anyone act differently at one AM to what they would do immediately after the session? Or would they act in the, would they do, adopt the exact same tactic? <laughs> would, would anyone walk? I mean, I probably would. Um, yep. Um, and why do you think you would act differently at 1am than you would um, at 1pm? Um, so, uh, next scenario. You're 15 and you really want to get some alcohol for a party. What do you do? <laughs> All right, so... Uh, how would you how would you get that bottle of uh, of alcohol? Parents cabinet. Yeah. All right. Scenario number four. Um, you're at work and your boss, who's very important and powerful, uh, has just said something sexist to a colleague. Uh, what do you do? All right. Who would? Uh, what would people do? Who would say something to the boss? Who wouldn't? Is there anyone who will fess up to being cowardly and, and not say anything? Okay, scenario number five. Uh, you answer the door and there's a Jehovah's Witness there. <laughs> who, will, who will slam the door in their face? Who will do it gently? Uh, who will invite them in for a cup of tea? And then the final scenario is you're late for a flight and the person in front of you in the immigration queue is taking a very long time. What do you do? Um, so one thing that I do when I write... Um, is every single character that I write, including if they're minor, I test them through random scenarios. I um, do this kind of exercise where I would say, what would this character do in this sort of situation? What would this character do uh, in this particular situation, even if they're completely minor? Uh, because uh, I want to give a sense or get a sense of what they would be like in an everyday, um, in an everyday setting and dealing with kind of little frustrations. Um, but one thing that's also useful to test is how they might deal in situations where who they are, their identity, actually is being confronted or challenged. Um, so as a guy, I would walk home at 1am, wouldn't it be a problem for me. Well, in terms of my kind of thinking, I would probably happily do it, and in fact, I've done it many times. Um, but as a brown person in the airport, uh, there is no way I'm going to be challenging anybody or anything uh, in relation to immigration. I'll be standing and waiting patiently and... Uh, not even saying, uh, not even saying, I will be, um, because uh, airports terrify me. Do airports terrify anyone here? Um, do, but also many of you said that you wouldn't walk home at 1am because you don't feel safe um, and you will come with, come with other strategies. So it's kind of testing, it, it's acknowledging that uh, every single person has these kind of situations which... Um, which kind of take them out of their comfort zone, put them, make them uncomfortable, um, and which are integrally tied into how they are defined uh, within society or by other people.
Um, so it's working through that second part uh, is uh, one of the difficult things about being a writer. Is yes, you can identify it, you can create a character who will act in these kind of um, situations in this particular kind of way, um, but it's also making sure that there is uh, kind of a honesty to that character with um, how they might act in particular situations. But before I get into some theory, I thought I'd just kind of uh, expand a little bit on um, the discussions we've been having so far. Um, so I want, to think, want you to think of a time when you did something that completely jars with the person you've been kind of talking with your neighbour with and the way that you interact in these everyday situations. Can you think of a time where you just did something which is completely left field, completely out of character for you, and why you did that? Or what was particularly unique about that situation? I mean, one thing that's also important to acknowledge is that characters and people do strange things completely out of the blue, uh, which can disrupt it as a, as a writer and as a reader. That's actually sometimes quite exciting. Uh, it, it can, um, you, you have this kind of flow in your mind as to what the character is doing and what they're thinking or how they might react in situations, but sometimes uh, it can, it's, it's great to kind of completely throw the fact that you might throw a punch at a concert when that's completely unlike you. Um, I was thinking of the situation when uh, you, uh, we, we talked about a, a, a sexist boss. Um, you know, in, in my thinking, I was like, yeah, sure, I'll definitely say something, I'll definitely say something, but I know the times where it's been said, I've often frozen up because it's come at me so unexpectedly that I just haven't said a thing. And then afterwards, I was like, damn, this is the comeback, but it's too late. Um, so you had this kind of idea of how you might act, but then how you might, in reality, what happens is, is often quite different. Um, so all of this kind of building up the backstory, building up the kind of uh, character that you're doing, um, it's up to you how much you reveal. Um, you're not obliged, you do all this work, you're not obliged to reveal all of that. Uh, it's more for your thinking and your mind in order to how much you do it. So Pip Adam, for example, in The New Animals does not get into backstory. Um, I'm not sure if you've read it, but she um, kind of sets it going forward. Um, there's hints at something that happened in the past for her characters, but she doesn't reveal a thing, but uh, you can tell that she's definitely clearly thought about how that plays out. Um, I did actually something similar in Simon Downstream, apart from a flashback um, towards the end, uh, where there's a kind of hint at something and it's all kind of um, jumbled, but uh, the idea is that you know the character so well yourself, but you kind of focus in on what works for the story and what works for what you're trying to say. So I'm now going to move on to representation, um, and so keeping these kind of ideas in mind. Um, and I will get into some theory, so hopefully it's not too media studies 101, but we'll see how we go. Um, so we acknowledge, and through our discussion, that there are various subjectivities uh, when it comes to interpreting a situation and when it comes to uh, interpreting a set of facts. We saw that in the, in the speech this morning as well. Um, and... Uh, the way language is used also similarly has, has that effect. Um, so Roland Barthes talked about this idea of denotation versus connotations. So a word will have a literal meaning, um, and, but underneath it, it will also have a secondary meaning which kind of floats uh, or is attached to it. Um, but the nature of connotations is that it's, it's kind of often ideological. Uh, you might have a word which means something, but then the implication of it um, has a, has a kind of different purpose or has a, a kind of a, a different sense. Um, so uh, 
one thing I thought we'd interrogate is Jacinda Ardern is frequently called Cindy by uh, people who don't like it. Um, she is, so on a literal level, Cindy is often a nickname for Jacinda. Um, but what do you think is the, um, the effect of people calling her Cindy? And then how, what do you think that, how, that, how did that feed into uh, women leaders? Um, so that's the uh, that's also one thing that we, as writers, need to keep in mind is that language uh, has obviously literal meaning, but also has this kind of secondary meaning in which you could be uh, expressing a particular ideological position, or you could be uh, uh, adding to a particular kind of narrative. Um, and often, and the way that Roland Barthes talks about it is that it's kind of depoliticized. It's not you kind of think. By calling someone Cindy, you're not actually being, you're just, you know, just, it's just a joke or it's just a, just a laugh. But then uh, you end up naturalizing certain types of ideology. And his famous scenario was um, uh, a young black um, boy saluting the French flag. Um, and that was the example that he used when he was analyzing it, uh, essentially to say that it kind of gave this idea of empire being normal, uh, empire being normalized. Um, whereas other people saw it as a nice patriotic image of, um, of a boy saluting the flag. Um, so uh, these sort of kind of frameworks, these sort of uh, ideas of knowledge are created by power. Um, it's not necessarily always a bad thing. Uh, I think this idea that power is, um, is bad or top-down um, is a quite a commonplace, but uh, everyday social interactions, everyday interactions have um, kind of helped create these sort of um, uh, frameworks. But these all kind of merge into uh, a general way of speaking or a general way of talking about certain people or talking about certain groups of people. Um, but it's not fixed. Um, that's also one thing that's also important to understand is that as a writer, you can change that. You can uh, subvert it. You can uh, add breaks. You can, you can um, add fissures, um, discontinuity, discontinuities, all that sort of stuff in order to, to change those kind of dominant ways of speaking of people. But on the other hand, if there's kind of power going in one direction, then that can lead to things like stereotypes and people being um, described in ways that do not reflect um, that person's reality. Um, so a classic example of this and the way people get othered is um, when you talk about drivers. So if, uh, if you're driving along the street and a, uh, no offense to the white males in, in the audience, but if you were if a white male overtook you badly, you would never say that white man is a terrible driver or white men are terrible drivers. You'd just say that's a terrible driver. Uh, if a person of Chinese origin... Um, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> um, and the way the kind of uh, stereotypes work is then that attaches ethnicity and driving gets attached that way. And uh, even if it could be one in a thousand, um, still... Uh, Asian driver gets attached as um, in a negative stereotype, um, whereas you ignore the the, the many other um, poor drivers around. Um, so the the kind of way uh, stereotypes get developed is something that also, as a writer, if you're writing about otherness, um, you need to be obviously mindful of. Um, so I, I suppose one of the one of the difficulties is then how do you break stereotypes? How do you, as a writer, you're a, a single voice. Um, how, what would be your 
strategies or ways of, of, um, of dealing with it. Have a chat to um, the person next to you and see what uh, any stereotype that, that you think that you're kind of uh, a part of or you suffer from or people that you know of, how would you, as a writer, try and, um, try and break that? Um, so there's a, a British theorist, uh, Stuart Hall, um, who says that one of the difficulties about trying to break stereotypes is that people naturally go, well, we'll have a good person, uh, and, and that will kind of show that the stereotype is bad, um, that uh, you can subvert it by just having a, a good character, someone who's noble or uh, who acts um, in, in, in the prescribed proper way. Um, but the problem with that approach, he said, is that essentially you just still create this dichotomy uh, of good, bad, uh, you're not actually challenging the stereotype, you're just simply uh, keeping the stereotype intact in order to, um, uh, and working within those confines. Um, so his strategy was actually to have a plurality of voices, have a diversity of voices, um, have uh, a multiplicity of situations, have complex characters, um, so have characters with backstories who do stupid things or who do uh, irrational things or who do... Uh, complicated everyday things make them more human rather than within the confines. But one of the difficulties is, and this is, uh, I don't necessarily mean to sound defeatist about it, but uh, this, uh, I, I, did my, um, I did my master's in uh, the construction of blackness um, and on how um, the concept of blackness was basically invented for the slave trade. Um, uh, this kind of total, totalizing idea of black and white skin uh, as meaning something, as being meaningful, was was invented for slaves um, in order to justify the slavery. Um, and in order to justify them, they uh, kind of created these stereotypes of what it meant to be black, um, the kind of uh, ideas that, uh, negative ideas, which mean that therefore slavery is good. Um, but the problem is that this created a dis discourse around what it means to be black, a discursive framework, as um, someone like Foucault would call it, um, which is quite hard to escape from. So even people who then were trying to subvert it, um, so I, was looking, I looked specifically at Spike Lee's Do the Right Thing, and I looked specifically at uh, NWA Straight Outta Compton, um, two quite different texts, one made by a middle-class um, uh, black filmmaker who's from New York, uh, who went to um, a prestigious Ivy League high school, uh, college um, making films through Hollywood, and one made by, an album made by... Um, quite poor um, uh, youths in, in the west coast of, of the US. And the reaction to those texts was exactly the same. Um, the press both had, uh, in, in both cases, had this huge kind of moral panic about uh, the black audiences who will consume these texts will suddenly start rioting and shooting the police. I mean, if you, if you know NWA, they have uh, a song called Fuck the Police. Um, uh, or that, uh, if you think do the right thing, there's a quite sudden ending, uh, or quite a shocking ending, um, that that would cause, again, black audience to, to riot. And essentially what happened is that the reaction of the press and the people who kind of were able to um, create the, a discourse around it basically mirrored the exact discourse that was created around blackness right from the outset, from, from slavery. Um, so even the artists themselves were kind of trapped within that system um, and it, within the text themselves, they had that kind of uh, discourse flowing through it. Um, so it is a very, very difficult and fraught um, process trying to to write um, particular identities, but that doesn't mean that we shouldn't do it. Um, 
because we are all kind of defined in particular ways. And as writers, that's what we do. We define our characters. Um, but we need to be uh, careful about, about how we do that. Um, so one thing I think, the, the thing I would probably emphasize the most uh, is um, doing your research. Um, so if you're writing a historical novel, you spend, you'll spend days and days and days reading uh, uh, books which talk about the historical time period, which uh, in order to get some accuracy uh, with, with that story. It should be no different if you're writing about people who aren't you. Uh, you should be doing your research in order to kind of get a sense of how someone might think, how they might act, uh, and it's a slow and detailed process. And so some strategies that I would suggest or recommend, um, and this is strategies that I've employed, uh, uh, doing some reading about how um, certain groups of people have been represented. If you're writing, if you're a man writing about a woman, um, read a lot about how women have been represented in media uh, and represented in literature. Um, or vice versa. Um, get an understanding of the certain dis discursive frameworks so that you know exactly where your text will fit in uh, the kind of general idea of discourse. You'll learn which, what language to avoid, what language to use if you're trying to subvert, what language um, your, um, or what effect <laughs> certain words might have. Um, definitely read writers uh, of that particular background. Um, I can't emphasize that one enough. Um, when I went to West Africa and I, I wrote a book about it, uh, I just read literature from West Africa for, for three months um, and uh, was well aware that I was writing a book about a tourist essentially kind of recolonizing uh, a place that had been colonized. And so I was reading about kind of uh, tourism that kind of kind of ethical issues with tourism, that sort of stuff. I was kind of well aware of the discourses that were in play, and so I researched that in order to, I guess, to, to write about it. Um, and then one thing, again, I recommend is uh, getting someone to read it who might offer a good critique of, um, of what you're doing. Um, I mean, you work with an editor to kind of make sure your sentences work. Uh, I, there's no reason why you can't... Uh, work with someone to kind of um, make sure that you um, get uh, depictions correctly. Um, so other strategies which help break it, I think, are one, to avoid simple binaries. Um, two, to, to remember backstories and kind of create a full, uh, a full human. Um, three, to kind of have a kind of diversity of viewpoints um, in the writing. Uh, and then I think a, a simple test, and this is talked about again in the, in the, the lecture this morning, is, is the Bechdel test. Um, and, but also apply it to um, whatever um, uh, groups you're writing about. Is think about how uh, people talk and interact and uh, and kind of exist within uh, within society, within social relations. So it's, it's the idea is essentially that you have it's it was primarily related for women of having two uh, women talk about something which isn't a man. And it's surprising how many movies fail that test. Not surprising. <laughs> um, but you can also do the same um, with race, with sexuality, with, um, uh, with, a, with a whole bunch of, um, uh, with, with your writing in general. Um, so the next thing I think we'd move to then is interactions, uh, because obviously um, uh, your characters will be interacting with others. Um, so I want you to 
talk to the, the, the person next to you about what you thought was really important for you for friendship when you were five, when you were 15, and when you were 25? What were the kind of key, uh, key things that made a good friend at those particular ages? Um, so that kind of actually leads on to the next point, uh, well, next kind of exercises. Uh, I'd like you to have a quick chat about uh, the various fields of relations that you'll be engaging with this weekend. Uh, what groups of people, uh, who will you be engaging with? Uh, because everyone exists in, within a variety of different fields and they exist within those fields in quite different ways. Um, the way you'll talk if you've got kids to your kids will be quite different to the way you might talk with your friends or the way you might talk here. Um, so have a quick chat about uh, the various uh, fields that you'll be in this, uh, this weekend. Okay, so I won't, um, I won't ask you all to, to name what you're doing or who you're seeing this weekend, but uh, you'll probably have a pretty good sense that uh, uh, you have a pretty good sense that you'll be working, you'll be uh, crisscrossing a variety of different um, social interactions, different groups of people, um, and you'll be acting in different ways. And in certain fields, uh, how you are categorised will be important, and in certain fields, it will be completely unimportant. Um, uh, so that's another thing to kind of keep in mind if you're thinking about uh, different characters is how they interact depending on uh, certain circumstances and kind of creating this kind of various fields and how they might uh, act in that way. So we talked about, um, and at different ages, so we talked about the different, um, uh, what was important in friendships. Uh, so you, how you might interact with a five-year-old is completely different to how you might interact with a 15-year-old, uh, where certain things suddenly increase in importance. Um, how you might, as we said, talked about uh, with your kids will be quite different to how you talk to your friends um, and how you might talk to a random stranger in a shop. All that sort of stuff kind of um, is an important consideration to keep in mind with, um, with, with the writing and also when you're writing about difference in otherness. Well, I think we are, we're pretty much um, there anyway, but um, thank you all for uh, your, um, your work and your participation and for your, um, uh, your efforts and... Um, hope that the rest of this all goes well. New Zealand Society of Authors, Tipune Kaituhi o Aotearoa, Pen NZ Incorporated, is the principal organisation representing writers in New Zealand. We want to continue to provide opportunities for you to grow in your professional development. That's why we've started NZSA Web Workshops. Visit our website, authors.org.nz, to find out about these opportunities. Experienced writers and teachers will lead them. And we hope that they help you to grow as a writer and face whatever tomorrow brings. Our website again is authors.org.nz.